Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. My name is DJ Short and back with me here is my co-host Drew Silva. I've missed that song. That is a, that is a jam. It's a banger. We haven't, yes, we haven't been live on YouTube in a while, but it's opening day. So, so we are back. It's nice that that worked out. Yay for opening day. We are live on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube page right now. If you're listening to the podcast version, we're recording Right around 8.30 Eastern time on Thursday night, opening night, the Mets and Nationals just getting underway, relevant to me. So if I make some loud noises or, or sighs, you know what that's about. But uh, Drew, <laughs> I know this has been a long day for us. Lots of roster moves and craziness and uh, games already underway. You did a battle of the bets earlier today, which, uh, which was really good. Um, but I'm hoping the adrenaline of opening day can push us through here for 30 minutes or so. Yeah, it, w- it was a crazy day. I thought yeah. before, I think uh, yesterday, before Wednesday, I thought that the teams that were opening up on Friday would have time, more time to finalize their opening day rosters. And so all of the transactions would be spread out and then come to find out there's a hard 12 Eastern time deadline on Thursday afternoon for all teams to submit their opening day rosters, except the A's for some reason didn't. They got to trade some more people. Yeah. I guess that's what that is. Like, (laughs) uh, can we get another $5 million off the books somehow? (laughs) Um, Well, I just saw Bradley Zimmer got traded from the traded to the blue Jays. Like right before we hopped on here. Yeah. That's a strange one. Yeah. Not that he's super fantasy relevant or anything, but he's a, he's an interesting player. He hit the ball really hard last year. He did. For Cleveland, but I guess there's no spot for him there. Um, but battle of the bets earlier today. I guess th- these games are all going on right now. You had Mets money line, yep. uh, Matt Olson two plus total bases, Framber Valdez under four and a half strikeouts. So we'll track that throughout the night. I like those picks. Yeah, to be honest with our audience, I had to scramble for two of those. Um, but so yeah, something that I didn't know is that it doesn't matter what the odds are. Like, so you can take a, a heavy favorite. Um, it just it comes down to a tiebreaker. Like, so I went up against Brad. Um, I, I cannot remember his last name. He's he's on the betting side for us. He does a lot of soccer, and I don't really watch a much soccer. So Brad Thomas, of course, I knew that. But uh, so if, if Brad, you know, if if we each get two right or we each get one right. Um, it, it depends whoever had the, the longest odds yeah, gets the win. If that makes sense right. at all. I think I explained that terribly, but yeah. So yeah, Braves or I mean, Mets money line over the nationals minus minus one twenty one. Matt Olson to record two plus total bases versus the reds was minus one Oh five. And then 
under on four and a half strikeouts for for Amber Valdez. And I guess has Olsen taken the plate yet? I haven't seen if he did. I know it, it, the game has started. He struck out. There, so okay. so off, well. to a, off to a great start. You know, I've got so the the idea of this battle of the bets thing is that the the winner goes on and records another video against a new contender on Friday right. tomorrow, um, and I have to go get one of those real IDs at the DMV tomorrow uh, for a flight okay. in May. Um, well, my license like is about to expire, so I'm, I just figure I might as well do the real ID thing. And apparently, it takes a while, so I, I wouldn't mind it if I lost this is terrible you can do you can do your battle of bets from the dmv that would be a first for us i think i wouldn't be bad just really (laughs) stressed out (laughs) yes exactly so uh circling the bases we're back five days a week now every weekday uh we'll have you guys covered i know during the off season and the lockout we you know we kind of brought it to a halt a little bit because there was literally nothing happening for for quite a bit of time but uh, we'll, be, we'll be back five days a week. Drew and I will be doing this show live every Thursday at 8.30. Uh, Chris and Colin will be doing a live show Tuesday uh, night. And then Chris will be doing his live show Wednesday night. And you and Janice do the power ranking show that comes out on uh, Tuesday. Uh, Chris Crawford does a Sunday night show, uh, which will be released in podcast form on Monday. So we've got you covered all week long. And different themes for different shows, too, which I think is is really cool. So uh, definitely download the show if you haven't already, uh, wherever you get your podcast. And a quick word for our listeners here, the 2022 NBC Sports Edge. This is a very old promo, but I'm going to read it anyway. The 2022 NBC Sports Edge Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide is available now. We're giving our listeners a special offer. Get 22% off our draft guide. And here's the key an annual Edge Plus subscription when you use promo code BASES22. This goes through the end of the month, so you can get 22% off an annual subscription uh, to NBC Sports Edge, plus our season tools, which will be updated throughout the season, lots of exclusive content there. So go to BASES22, use promo code BASES22 to check out check out all the stuff we have there, save big this season, and you can also use it across all sports, which is really useful. So. Earlier today, Albert Pujols made his return to the Cardinals. It was really a banner day for the Cardinals. I know Pujols, you know, he didn't do much of note, but it was a big day for the Cardinals. Because they beat JT Brubaker and (laughs) Dwayne Underwood and Will Crow. Well, they did what they were supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Hey, uh, I think that the offense is, is not a problem. Yeah. It was kind of league average last year, but Arnado can be better. DeYoung will hopefully be better. I like Dylan Carlson as like a post-type breakout guy. He had some nice plays, and they play incredible defense, and when you have Adam Wainwright pitching to the soft contact like he does, they're going to make the plays. Like They're not going to beat themselves, and, and the Pirates are not the kind of team that can beat them, <laughs> especially when Adam Wainwright is on the mound. And Yeah, they, I mean, they look good overall. Tyler O'Neill. I'm starting to really buy into to him. His, his profile last year was amazing. Went like 94th percentile, 98th percentile in sprint speed, 93rd percentile in average exit velocity, 96th percentile in expected slugging percentage. He's got all the tools that you'd want in a fantasy stu- superstar who can run and hit a bunch of homers. And he had five RBIs. The first Cardinals 
player to have five plus RBIs on opening day since 1928. Whoa. Yeah, that's a stat. That is, that is wild. Uh, here's also a stat, sort of. Uh, Kevin Newman hit fifth for the Pirates today. <laughs> that about says it all uh, for the Pirates. And also interesting, while we're talking about lineups here, uh, Tommy Edmond hit ninth. Uh, he did hit a home run, though. It so. just sn snuck over the left field wall. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think of Edmund there? I mean, certainly uh, that takes a bit of steam out of him from a fantasy perspective because he got all that volume at the top of the lineup for the Cardinals last year, which you know led to lots of stolen base opportunities. But if he's going to be hitting ninth, and I don't think he's very good. Either. I mean, he's a good defensive player, but I don't think he's a very good hitter either. So what are you thinking there from a fantasy perspective for Edmund? I mean, we talked about this in our, our position preview episode when we were discussing second base. If he gets dropped in the lineup and it's already happened on opening day, it happened toward the end of spring training, It, I think it completely sinks him. And then you've got Nolan Gorman possibly coming up and stealing the job. And Edmund's like an, uh, an exciting kind of player. He hits a lot of doubles. Um, I like him hitting right-handed uh, off lefties and yeah. he can steal bases. He's like a really nice, like an excellent utility man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's where he fits best. I think yeah, he can play the outfield. He could play a little shortstop. If you need him, he could play all over the infield. I think that's that, that is what winds up happening by mid season. Maybe there's a Edmund Renaissance, but the larger sample size since his rookie year says that he's, he doesn't get on base enough. He doesn't really have enough power, um, but he's a toolsy player that, is you'd love to have he plays great defense all over the diamond like i said did you get butterflies with pool host returning today so well maybe our audience wouldn't understand this but when we're like locked into a news shift when we're covering baseball we don't really get to pay attention to what's actually happening on our television screens you know you're like, like it, billy bean you don't watch the games <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down in the <laughs> the bowels of the oakland coliseum yeah. um i so i didn't i, I so the pregame started like around 2 p.m central time and and that's like kind of the last hour of the news shift that i was working and there was still some stuff to catch up on transactions wise so i I'm, i plan on actually going back to watch it they i know they introduced uh, Yachty, Wayno, and Pujols like at the same time, and you know obviously Wainwright and Yadi or Molina were the the starting battery uh, for the day's game, and usually they'd be like in the bullpen, work you know warming up for the game. So the game like started thirty five minutes later than it was supposed to. There, I saw Kevin Roth on Twitter who like covers weather was like I don't know why this isn't in a delay. Like the weather looks okay, you know. There's some some clouds, yeah. but <laughs> everyone not, not weather. <laughs> everyone tweeted at him like, "No, nah, there's like parades going on <laughs> around Bush Stadium. There's Clydesdales." Yeah, I mean, St. Louis. This is kind of all we got, man. We got a we got a really successful baseball team, and as much as I don't like what their offseason strategy was, um, it, it's really cool. I, I've been to opening day more often than not in my adult life uh, but when it falls on a thursday i'm usually busy i like when it falls on like a monday or friday and then i can move things around and actually go uh but but not this year so there was actually something for pirates fans to be excited about before the game they have reportedly agreed to an eight-year 70 million dollar extension with key brian hayes the richest contract in franchise history 
and it tops the Jason Kendall deal from the year 2000. Wow. <laughs> Which again, says it all about what the Pirates have uh, been up to in recent years. Um, but the bad news is, I mean, this went bad like right away. Cabrian uh, Hayes left after one inning due to left forearm spasms. He went for a diving catch. There was a ball hit behind third base. He kind of dove a little bit awkwardly if you watch the way his hand and wrist moved over. And of course, we were immediately concerned about all the wrist issues that he had last year. It seems like it's a minor concern. And and boy, do I hope that's the case. Um, it was, yeah, it was really windy in St. Louis. So yeah, he, he had to take a few different weird angles going back on that ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he said after the game that he plans on playing on Saturday, that's their next game. Um, but I'm a little bit concerned I, I would like to wait to actually see him back in the lineup that's an, an area of his body that is a big concern yeah. and i mean robert murray who we've had on the podcast who first reported the, the news that the extension had been completed was like and he hasn't taken the physical yet i know that's the <laughs> that's the part that that would be so bad that would be so bad. That would I feel like that's like a Larry David moment. It would be like a curb your enthusiasm do, 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 do. thing. Hell yeah. <laughs> like actually you didn't sign it yet. So um it's but, but also it's a pretty team friendly kind of contract it extension. Is. It's almost better than I don't I don't know if Cabrian Hayes will be Ozzy Albies, but um it's Ozzy Albies esque in terms of getting a guy at a really good value for through his age thirty season. Yeah, I actually had someone say to me like shortly after it was reported, like, when do you when do you think he gets traded during that deal? <laughs> because it is team friendly. And, you know, I thought that with Jose Ramirez's new contract, too. It's like. That's a really tradable contract, too. At some point, any any team could afford that. I mean, even the even the Guardians can afford it. He does so. have a full no trade clause, but at some point, I mean, I don't think the Guardians are going to be good at any point in the near future they pump out pitchers so maybe they could turn it around really quickly yeah. and they gave the extension to class a as well what five years 20 million yeah. so hey there's there's that at least uh so let's hop over to the cubs and the brewers game uh say suzuki made his debut uh reached base three times including his first uh mlb hit in his mlb debut we like his rookie of the year chances we've talked about that uh as far as player props go Ian Happ had a big day. I feel like he's been an opening day wonder before. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, he's pretty exciting. I, I like him in fantasy. Um, sure. He was really cheap. You know, you didn't yeah. have to make much of a commitment. He's been a, close to the top 100 before, if not top 100 at times. Yeah, I think the most interesting part of this game, other than Corbin Burns, like walking a batter in the first inning, I think uh was Bust. actually one what 80 what, what do you go 84, 58 58 strikeouts without a walk last yeah. year um david robertson got the first save chance for the cubs we've all been speculating on that for a little while now uh rowan wick and michael gibbons both pitched in the eighth gibbons kind of put out a little bit of a fire there uh so i think that'll be interesting to watch i could see gibbons working his way into that for a while, I, I mean, I know Rowan Wick really wanted the job. He's been very vocal about that. But you've got the experienced guys there with Robertson and Given. So I think the pecking order is set, and we'll see if Robertson or Robertson can can run with it there. Uh, the Cubs aren't going to be very good, but I think they're going to play a bunch of close games. So 
there's going to be lots of save chances there. Kyle Hendricks looked really good. He did, well. man. He did. I mean, I guess he basically outdueled Cor- Corbin Burns. Back yeah. to Suzuki, though. So he Burns had him with two strikes, and Suzuki draws a walk. Like, yeah. I mean, against the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner in your first actual major league game, yeah. he drew two walks on the day. You know, who knows? It's one game, but I liked what I saw from him plate discipline wise. I, it wouldn't have shocked me if he went up there and, you know, tried to to do something, got too aggressive, but he didn't at all stayed within himself as the cliche, but looked really comfortable. And yeah, I think he's a, a runaway. F- well, you can't call anyone a runaway favorite for a rookie of the year award, but I, I, I would make him the heavy freight favorite in the National League. And yeah, I think that the AL is so much tougher. Yeah. Um, but the NL, I think I think at this point he has to be considered a clear favorite, especially because O'Neill Cruz didn't make the Pirates opening day roster. Well, they have Kevin Newman, who we covered. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Yes. So let's hop over to the Royals and the Indian uh, Royals and the Guardians. See, I need to get used to. Oh that. boy, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. Uh, a couple interesting things in this game, of course. Bobby Witt Jr. made his major league debut. Got a go ahead double in the eighth for his first MLB hit. Zach Granke made his return uh, to the Royals, allowed one run in five and two thirds innings. Got a no decision, but pitched really well. Uh, Stephen Kwan got on base three times in his MLB debut. I really like him a lot. Uh, I don't think he's overly flashy, but like a really good approach to the plate. Had a had a single and two walks. But what I want to talk about is Shane Bieber. So. Uh, if you look at his line, it was pretty good. You know, he yeah. allowed one run in four and two thirds innings, four strikeouts, no walks. Had a bit of an of an abbreviated spring, so I guess that makes sense that he wouldn't throw that deep into games. We're going to see that with a lot of pitchers uh, this first time through the rotation. But the velocity was the thing that we're going to have to track uh, for Bieber coming off the shoulder issues that he had last year. Bieber averaged just ninety. 0.6 miles per hour on his fastball, the lowest of any start in his career. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I know the weather wasn't great there today. 47 degrees, windy, cloudy, um, with a little bit of mist at times. But, yeah, that's a that's a significant number at 90.6. That's not Shane Bieber, yeah. you know, even in cold weather. Um, 
you worry about a shoulder injury. Like we've seen this before yeah. where a guy comes back and says he's healthy. He did make some appearances toward the end of last year and participated in cactus league play. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. Let, let's wait a little bit. You know, yeah. generally it was a, a pretty good start. Like you said, four and two thirds innings scattered three hits, only one run allowed four strikeouts, no walks, the control. We know he can command the ball. Um, yeah. I mean, good movement on the pitches. He got a lot of swings and misses, but yeah. you know, if there's not separation with those pitches, uh, we'll see how long he can keep that up. Uh, and it's going to be tough. Um, but we'll see it, it, you know, it's not unusual for pitchers to have low velocity, especially coming out of a spring training where he didn't really throw that much. Yeah. So maybe he's still building strength in the shoulder. This will be an ongoing storyline for much of April. So just be ready for that. Yeah, with, with Bobby Witt Jr. too. So he, he had the, the double that gave them the lead in the ninth or in the eighth inning. He also had the hardest hit ball of the game, which was a ground out in his first at bat. Um, but man, he looked like ready to go. Yep. You know, and the sprint speed too. I, I think he had a, it was over like 30, 30 miles, 30 MPH or whatever, which is like elite yeah, sprint speed. Like 29 is elite. Yeah. So yeah, it was like 30.6 or something like that. So that, I mean, some of that could just be like opening day energy, who knows? Uh, that can happen sometimes, but no, I mean, he's, he's the whole package. Is he going to go 2020 as a rookie? I think he can. Yeah. I think he can. I asked you if he will, not if he can. Oh, he will. Well, I didn't pick him as my rookie of the year. No, neither did I, but you know, put that that aside. I picked Torkelson, but I think he can. I think he can. I think he will. There you go. (laughs) He will. Uh, (laughs) So this was a surprise. The White Sox placed Yuan Moncada on the injured list today with an oblique strain. He actually was scratched from the final uh, Cactus League game with something that was just considered minor, a minor side issue, which always turns out to be something more. We've been doing this long enough to know that. <laughs> you hear side tightness, yeah. you know what's coming yeah. the next day. Yeah. So the early expectation is he's going to miss about three weeks. We'll see. I mean, oblique injuries can be really tricky. Um, but Tim Anderson is is serving a suspension for the first, I believe, first three games of the season. So the left side of the infield for the White Sox in their uh, in their opening day game will be uh, Larry Garcia at shortstop and Jake Berger at third base. So um, keep that in mind. But uh, Larry Garcia, I actually think, could be a, a decent option in like a deeper fantasy league. There's a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. Uh, but if you were banking on Moncada, make sure to change your lineups if you haven't already. I, I managed to change a lineup at the last minute. Um, but yeah, some of, sometimes this pops up, like these last minute injuries, um, and you have to react. So Yeah, I'm supposed to go watch the White Sox. It's what is like a 1.10 p.m. Eastern time start uh, on Friday with Chris Ranji, who we had on the podcast. Uh, nice. Yeah, he, he's a big White Sox fan. He went to the Field of Dreams game. I'm sure you remember remember us having him on over the winter. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, I, 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 they're they're my pick to kind of coast in the AL Central. I know the Tigers have yeah. made improvements. The Twins, I, I guess. Should we talk? Should we talk about the Taylor Rogers Chris Patrick? Yeah, I was. That was going to be my my next thing here. So okay. yeah, big deal on opening day. And this was this is interesting because we know the Padres have been trying to trade Chris Paddock. The Mets were mentioned as a possibility over the weekend. A proposed trade including Dom Smith. And it was the same package. Chris Paddock and Emilio Pagan were mentioned yeah. for 
for Dom Smith. The Mets opted against that, I think, wisely. But they found a taker, a taker there in the Twins. With Taylor Rogers, the Twins' closer, going back the other way, Brent Rooker as well. We knew the Padres have been looking for an outfielder, so now they get someone they can use, at least in a platoon type of role there. But there's been a lot of upheaval recently with closers, and this further, I think, muddies the water, I guess. The Padres were kind of questionable anyway. I didn't really understand what the Padres did this offseason as far as the back end of their bullpen. But we know that Taylor Rogers will go into the year as the Padres closer. That's been confirmed uh, from the start there. But the Twins closer role now is completely up in the air. There is Pagan who, you know, can be dominant at times. He had a 20 save season at one point. Yeah. Jorge Alcala is there. Uh, Tyler Duffy, uh, Joan Duran, who has been really impressive. He can throw hundred miles an hour. I, I don't know. I, I guess Pagan. I, I don't know. I guess he would be my first choice. I could see Duran run with it, you know, at a certain point in the year, but he probably wouldn't be my pick right now. Um, but the twins have really overhauled their roster in a, in a short amount of time. And I don't know if they're going to be good, but they're certainly going to be interesting. I said on our, you mentioned we expanded the podcast back to five days a week. And I was talking to Janice. I was like, it, it wouldn't have shocked me if they would have just blown it all up this offseason. Yeah. Like such a disappointment in 2021. They would have been totally justified to tank and just print cash. Uh, which yeah. a lot of teams are doing these days. I give them credit for for kind of trying to go for it in a weird way. Uh, it started yeah. with the Byron Buxton extension, getting Carlos Correa for like a series of $35 million contracts. Gary Sanchez, like who is kind of Mitch Garver anyway. <laughs> like Gio Urshela. Uh, Sonny Gray, who, if he can stay healthy, has always been good. I, I, I did say on that podcast too, though, I want, I wanted them to get one more like decent starter, someone who can eat some innings. And in case they have, I mean, Joe Ryan's their opening day starter. We both like, but you know, that he's a 25 year old who has what five major league starts under his belt and Bailey Ober and Dylan Bundy. They didn't have a lot of like sure things in that rotation. And I don't think Paddock, I loved him coming up. He had a great rookie year. He's kind of like, he's a weird pitcher to evaluate. Like if you look at advanced, you know, spin rates and values of his pitches, like one year, his fastball is good. One year, his curveball is good. There's a chance he could put it all together and be a special pitcher. He's still really young. Um, but even if he just eats some innings, I think it helps the twins. Can they compete with the white Sox? Uh, probably not, but if, if the White Sox lose another pitcher, like they're not going to have Lance Lynn for probably two months at least. And if they lose yeah. Dylan Cease or Lucas Giolito, that is a rotation that could collapse workload wise. Like, I don't know where they would get the innings from. Um, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. The AL Central is shaping up to be really interesting. What if the Tigers just emerge? Yeah, I picked them as a wild card team, uh, in the AL. Uh, I, I think at least one of those young pitchers is going to hit the ground running this year uh, and start to take off. I I love Eduardo Rodriguez. I love that pickup for the Tigers. And, you know, 
they just have a really well-rounded lineup too, which is going to get deeper when Riley Green's ready. I just think they're a really interesting team. And I, I think there are still some soft spots in the AL Central that they that the, a team like the Tigers can take advantage of. Um, so yeah, I, I, I believe in them. I think they're going to, I think they're going to make a run this year. I think it's going to be fun. I basically avoided your question about who's going to get the saves in Minnesota. I don't know if you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Pagan right now would be my, my top choice. If I had to take one off the waiver wire, it would be him. Yeah. I don't think I would. It depends on like league size and stuff. I don't think I would like rush out to get Duran. He's going to need a little bit more control and a little bit more like provenness and Rocco Baldelli is a, a very forward thinking manager. He's not yeah. afraid to just deploy matchups until someone emerges to take the role. And it wouldn't shock me if, if that's what winds up happening, it's a big carousel. And then maybe Dur- Duran, if he's impressive, grabs it by May or June or sometime in the second half. Yeah. So uh, CJ Abrams ended up making the Padres, which is cool. Uh, we talked about that a little bit in our Twitter spaces chat. Uh, on Wednesday, and actually, we're going to be doing a Twitter Spaces chat every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time uh, throughout the season. So you can definitely hang with us there if you're on a lunch break or, or whatever you're doing. But uh, Abrams making the opening day roster really interesting. We'll see how he's used. I think it's going to be sort of like a super utility type of role. He's gotten some exposure in the outfield uh, toward the end of spring, so he'll be tested out there. Um, we know the speed is legit um he's a well really well-rounded prospect too so you know fantasy success not guaranteed but with that speed uh, obviously makes him interesting in fantasy leagues something else that i think is interesting austin nola (laughs) hitting leadoff for the padres bob melvin yes and i know nola had a really awesome spring but uh i don't i don't understand that well the Padres didn't want Jace Tingler anymore. And Bob Melvin is used to having to, you know, work with a low payroll of coming from Oakland and playing platoons and getting yeah. really creative. And this is yeah. what he drew up for opening day. I mean, honestly, half that Padres lineup is not great. You know? It's yeah. The more you look at it, it's like, this is, I I'm not surprised they weren't very good in the second half last year. Yeah. Uh, and not having Fernando Tatis Jr. there either. Um, like Hosmer, what is he? They dropped him a little bit lower, right? I'm trying to pull mm-hmm. up that line. I believe so. Sixth, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, Luke Voigt. Profar. Pro I like, I like Voigt there. You know, you've got, you've got Manny Machado. Well, you've got Jake Cronenworth. Like, yeah. you know, they, they've got some players there, but, um, but they're going to yeah, put Profar in the lineup. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just not, it's not a very deep lineup. Like it cannot compete with the Dodgers. No. I think it's, well, I think it's probably, there's better players at the Padres lineup than the Giants lineup, but the Giants are so good at mixing and matching and maximizing skills. I know some of their players are hurt right now, um, but I think they're, the Padres are closer to the Giants lineup, obviously, than they are to the Dodgers. I would agree with that. I also think the Giants lineup looks really, really bad right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's not great. It's not great, but I think the Giants are. I think the Giants will have a better record than the Padres come the end of the season. Disagree. The Giants' pitching is really good. It, you're right, and that's something they can kind of lean on. Uh, Webb, Rodon, Descalfani, Wood, Cobb, um, and they have a little bit of depth too if if they need to dig into it. 
Yeah. I don't. How did that team lead the NL in home runs? Well, I don't know that. Don't ask me. (laughs) Uh, The last thing I wanted to talk about before we go. So interesting topic here. You know, we've done a ton of ton of fantasy drafts in recent weeks. And I kind of went through all my teams and was thinking about the players I did not get any exposure on. And one that stood out to me, and some of this is because I did a lot of early drafts, but I didn't get any of Julio Rodriguez on the Mariners. And I feel like that's going to be a mistake for me. (laughs) Because I think if we did a draft, like I did one earlier this week, I did get Torkelson. I didn't get uh, Julio Rodriguez. But to me, He's like a top 80 player right now in mixed mixed uh, league draft boards, which is crazy, but it's true. Yeah. Man, I want to make this a whole show. I know. We will do it. Once there's like some results, yeah. We will we'll do it a little deeper. But uh he stood out to me as I was looking at all the all the players I've drafted. I don't have enough Byron Buxton, um, mainly because a lot of it was yeah, early drafting. Some of it was like pre CBA drafting. Yeah. Where yes. those you look back at some of those mock drafts we did, it it's kind of weird. There are some yes. weird, weird selections. Um, I don't know who would I have real FOMO for Chris Bassett. I don't have any Chris Bassett and I love him. I love that fight. I have quite a bit of Chris Bassett. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't wind up with any of them. Yeah, he's I, like the perfect like you could draft him as a two, but like he was available where you could have him as a three. Yeah, and, and I think that was my problem is because I was really aggressive on like trying to get two pitchers within the top four uh, of my picks. And then by the time I was started to focus more on position players, he was gone. The other one for me is Mike Trout. And the reason I say this is because I I think it may just be where I happened to fall in a lot of drafts. I was like picking in the middle of the first round. Yeah. So you're not going to take Trout there because after all the questions coming out of last year, and then on the way back around, you're probably going to take a pitcher. So Trout is already gone. So I just didn't get the opportunity to get anywhere near him. But I wish that I did because he's capable of just vaulting right back into like top five fantasy player. Um, so I do have some regret because I, I know he could revert back to being the best player in baseball at like any minute. Yeah, as I was like making my uh, my battle of the bets you know kind of prepping for it the angels lineup is awesome right now when it's healthy yeah. you know oh o- otani batting lead off the reigning mvp a healthy mike trout a healthy anthony rendon jared walsh who <clears throat> you know broke out in 2020 during the shortened season and carried a lot of what he did in 2020 over it in 2021 joe adele uh We'll kind of see. He definitely has the tools to be a stud long term. Brandon Marsh, I guess. I don't know. Taylor Ward suffered a what? What did he strain his groin or uh, I forget what the exact injury was, uh, but he's going to be out for a bit. But they're talking about him coming back as the starting right fielder. So maybe they don't necessarily believe in Brandon Marsh. I don't know if he's going to be a huge offensive asset this year. But Max Stassi's a pretty good hitting catcher. <clears throat> Matt Duffy is like kind of shown spurts at times is he batting yeah. lead off tonight oh man i think he was batting uh or cleanup yeah, clean clean up. Up. yeah. <laughs> a lot of interesting lineups tonight okay that's interesting uh I, maybe but, i don't like you my... know what <laughs> poliot uh matthew poliot actually had matt duffy like fairly high in some of his rankings and i guess he is a genius former top prospect yeah 
Um, he could do a little, there's a little bit of pop and speed in his game. I think if you're in a deeper fantasy league, maybe that's interesting if he ends up playing more than we think. So I'm bat- um, batting cleanup behind Otani Trout Rendon is a heck of a place to be, is, even if you're just a singles hitter. Yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Trout and uh, Julio Rodriguez. I- I'll say the players that I've been counting on the most um, are Alex Kirilov. Yeah, I feel like I've drafted everywhere. I love Alex Kirilov from the Twins. Um, Jake Cronenworth. And the reason I love Jake Cronenworth is because you can play him literally everywhere. So I've tried to get him in the... Uh, probably he's going around top 100-ish. So I love a player like that who I can plug and play depending on how the rest of my draft plays out. Chris Bassett. I have ton of ton of Chris Bassett. And also uh, Joe Musgrove. I feel like I've drafted everywhere as well. I, think I have a ton of Musgrove. Underrated. I also liked getting Justin Tur- Turner pretty late. Yeah. Not, you know, not super late, but a really good value for a guy that's going to be hitting like third in the Dodgers lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Especially given the state of third base. Yep. And Turner can DH and hopefully stay fresh. Like, I think he's a great value this year. I'm super felt like a really safe pick with upside. You know, weird thing to say about a guy who's 36, 37, but. Well, he stayed healthy last year. Yep, he did. So there's that at least. Um, no score in the Mets and Nationals game so far, but I think we're. I think I talked about all I want to talk about, and now we can go enjoy opening day baseball. What do you say? Let's do it. I got Top Chef to watch. Hopefully, I can watch some baseball after that. Nice. Well, enjoy it. Thanks, Drew. If you like what you're hearing with this show, Circling the Bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're li- listening on Apple Podcasts, Please rate and review if you don't mind. The same goes for Spotify if you listen there. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. Be safe out there. We will see you next time. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.